Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. It's okay to be afraid. Fear is normal and real and in its own way healthy. It is disingenuous for anyone to tell us that we shouldn't be afraid of racism or sexism or bigotry or homophobia or xenophobia. You know, add the ism that you want. And this notion that you should reject fear or reject that that the outsider sensation that you have isn't real is untrue. It is real. But it, it, you, can, you can tackle it. Hello, and welcome to the Shiftmakers podcast, where we share the collective wisdom some of our greatest minds have to offer. I am your host, Marianne Schnall, a writer and journalist. Over the years, I've had the incredible honor of interviewing a variety of remarkable changemakers, and it is my pleasure to share some of these recordings with you for this podcast. Welcome to Shiftmakers. I begin today with the theme of fear. As political organizer and author Stacey Abrams so eloquently stated before, it's okay and normal to feel fear. What is important is how we deal with it. And as we begin, who better to demonstrate that than legendary poet and civil rights activist, Dr. Maya Angelou, as she speaks of her mother. In many ways, I became unafraid um, because of Vivian Baxter. I realized that she really was an incredible supporter. I don't think that you could have anybody stronger, <laughs> anybody. I mean, if, if you were the president of the United States or the king of, or queen of England, mm-hmm. you couldn't have a person who would be more protective mm-hmm. than my mother was for me, mm-hmm. which, of course, liberated me a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Professor and writer Melissa Harris-Perry. Girls um, in particular, but, but just in general, that we're not willing to make mistakes, that we're very nervous about um, making a, a wrong move, and we worry, oh, if we make the wrong move, then, um, then the consequences will mean that um, we kind of never recover from them. And I guess what I try to instill in Parker more than any other thing is how okay it is, in fact, better than okay, to, to make mistakes really big mistakes sometimes, and that our responsibility as adults in a society is to make the world safe for young people to make mistakes, because that's how they learn. And so I guess I want to I say to young women, hey, run for office even if you think you're going to lose. Take a hard class even if you're going to get a C in it. Um, you know, go ahead and fall in love even if it doesn't work out. Like just, you know, a little bit of, of courage to make mistakes. Because that, you know, that strikes me as like where all the all the good stuff happens there. Actress and activist Jane Fonda. Catherine Hepburn once said to me, "I've learned more from my failures," <laughs> and it's true. You you learn. I remember the moment that I realized that I was starting to be whole. I was sixty-two. <laughs> I'm the quintessential late bloomer. I had been separated from my favorite ex-husband for three days. <laughs> His name is Ted Turner. 
And I was standing alone in the home of my firstborn, who was not there. And although I was very sad, I realized I'm not scared. This is the first time in my life that I'm without a man, and I'm not scared. And I realized I was becoming whole. And I thought, this is what God wants of us. I said it out loud. I stunned myself. Actress and comedian Amy Poehler. But I think vulnerability is power. I'm interested in the open face sandwiches of the world. You know, I'm less drawn to the um, people that um, obfuscate and are withholding and kind of tricky for no reason. Just Mm -hmm. not my bag. Um, So I like vulnerable, open people. And I think uh, when you're that way, you're actually being very um, brave. And you, by be, by presenting the real truth of yourself, who you really are, then you change you change the uh, the molecules in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, you know, uh, then the temperature goes down. I don't know how it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As a mother of two daughters, many of these messages are things that I try to instill in them that are actually the opposite of what we often hear. And sometimes it can even go against your sort of maternal instincts, because what you're actually telling you know, your girls is to risk being hurt, to risk falling on their face. But at the same time, that is often what is necessary in order for them to truly come into who they are and feel the, their own strength to sort of build their own character. I remember when I interviewed Pat Mitchell, um, media pioneer Pat Mitchell, that she had said to me that one of her favorite pieces of advice came from her grandmother who said that at least falling on your face is a forward movement. As we'll hear next, pushing beyond your perceived limitations and daring instead to reach for your highest, most aspirational goals will put you in the company of greatness. Again, the incomparable Dr. Maya Angelou. This is Mary McLeod Bethune, Eleanor Roosevelt, and my mother. She said, you're in that category. Mm-hmm. I was 22 years old. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and I I used to have a think about her. She said she was too mean to lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and and she was very intelligent. Mm-hmm. So I thought, suppose she's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which meant, really, that I could dare to do all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I could even dare to be somebody. You know, the thing that keeps you away from doing things sometimes is just your your fear of the unknown and your like lack of knowledge about the actual vocabulary of things. Um, that's what powerful people do. They talk in code. So, you know, you think you can't understand it. And then you're like, oh, I know how to do this. I just don't, didn't know the right words for it. So, um, I'm, I'm happy that I know the words for a lot of those things. And I feel good being in the room, um, and powerful being in the room, which is cool. Stacey Abrams. I've tried to do things and been successful and, and not successful, but because I've gone beyond what I was told was normal for my community or normal for me, I've been able to have extraordinary opportunities. Do not edit your desires. We are entitled to ambition. We are entitled to success. We are entitled to failure. And 
any moment of compromise on those three things starts to weaken who we are. That interview that I conducted with Stacey Abrams was done after she lost the governorship, but before the 2020 election. I think just reflecting back and realizing based on what she said, being centered in you know her conviction um, and not being sort of thrown off the horse by the fact that she had lost actually propelled her into being a decisive force in the outcome of the 2020 election, having flipped Georgia, been such a force to sort of literally transform our democracy just shows you how sometimes you may not understand your failures at the time, but in perspective, they were meant to happen and can also lead to accomplishing amazing things. Recently, I was uh, in conversations with some fairly important people about my political future and uh, one person mildly warned me that I was losing some of my altitude with my approval ratings, that, that people were getting antsy and I should, you know, I might need to dial it back. And the reality is there's an instinct that says you want to preserve what you have. My responsibility, though, is my parents raised me to understand is that this isn't about me, especially the work I do in service. It's about the people I actually intend to serve. The minute I forget why I'm doing it, mm-hmm. then I shouldn't be doing it anymore. I, I see it less as courage and more as responsibility. It's my obligation to talk about the flaws in our system, to talk about the broken places, because you cannot fix that which you do not know is broken. Season two of Shift Makers was brought to you by the Shift Network. SHIFT offers courses, programs, and workshops to unlock your full potential through transformative education and media with like-minded allies who are called to create a better world. Visit theshiftnetwork.com to learn more about their online courses, summits, and events. A meaningful source of strength and inspiration can be found in looking to the fears faced by our role models, those who channeled the spirit of service to overcome their personal fears for the sake of the greater good. Jane Fonda. I knew this woman. She was a housewife in Love Canal, New York, near Buffalo. What they discovered in the community of Love Canal was Occidental Petroleum had been dumping toxic wastes underground, and their community was built on a toxic waste, and people were dying in large numbers from cancer. And she was was a very, very shy housewife who decided that she was going to do something about it. And I was there when she had her first press conference. And watching the courage of this woman, who then grew into a major activist and has started a national organization dealing with hazardous waste sites, that's the kind of person who who inspires me. Soldiers have inspired me. You know, it's, it's average people who do extraordinary things because they've been motivated by something very deep within themselves. If you're lucky enough to meet people like that, that... You can always think back on them and become inspired. New York State Senator Kirsten Gillibrand. And you have women like Lisa McBath running outside of Atlanta on gun reform because her son was killed by gun violence. Uh, And she has to live with that burden and that that deep sadness, but it propelled her to do brave things. We know in the early days of the Kavanaugh hearings, I was beginning to say, how are we ever going to defeat this nominee? But I would just go to one of the rallies and I'd see all these women carrying their signs, speaking out. 
you know, wanting to be part of this debate. And I thought if they can fight one more day, I can fight mm-hmm. one more day. And so I get my strength from my faith and from the people around me who are also fighting with me side by side. Activist and educator Brittany Packnett Cunningham. I, I think of Harriet Tubman and Fannie Lou Hamer and Dolores Cuerto, who is still going strong, um, and Margaret Bush Wilson from St. Louis and uh, uh, Julia Davis and so many people who did far more with far less than we have now. Um, and not only continued to keep their hands to the plow, but actually got things done. When I look at what they accomplished, I believe that we are capable of anything. Attorney and Professor Anita Hill. I, I look at some of my role models, people like Rosa Parks and Ada Lois, Scipio Fisher, who as a 20-year-old uh, sued to integrate the University of Oklahoma College of Law. And I think what they were looking at was not the consequences of doing a thing uh, as much as the consequences of not doing it. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so for me, when I think about the hearing, what motivated me to do it uh, was was bigger than the consequences of, of doing it. I remember being very struck by that interview with Anita Hill, particularly when she was talking about uh, the consequences for her of not speaking out against Clarence Thomas, even though she knew that it would make herself, you know, sort of prone to all of these, you know, attacks and, you know, so much criticism and how hard it would be to put herself out there um, on that issue that she basically said she couldn't live with herself if she didn't speak out. And I also remember her saying during our interview when I asked her, you know, you were the, the victim of so much, you know, backlash and attacks and how did you deal with it and her talking about surrounding herself with people who you know knew the truth of who she was and how she really sort of you know just needed to draw on that sense of community as well as her faith to get through it the idea that particularly when we are speaking out against um, you know other forces to make sure that we surround ourselves with what we need to sort of bolster our strength When dealing with fear, we can learn to develop and draw on its counterpart, courage. I interviewed Maya Angelou twice in my career, and both times she emphasized how essential courage is. What message would you most want to say to deliver to humanity? (laughs) Courage is try our best to develop courage. It's the most important of all the virtues, because without courage, you can't practice any other virtue consistently. Mm-hmm. You can't be, I mean, you can be anything erratically, kind, fair, true, generous, uh, all that. But to be that thing time after time, you need courage. So how do we develop courage, which Angelou called, quote, the most important of all the virtues? Mm-hmm. And we need to develop courage and we need to develop it in small ways first. Because, uh, I mean, you wouldn't want to to go out and say, I'll pick up this 100-pound weight and without knowing what what, what your, your capacity. So you, you need to, to find, oh, I can I start by picking up a 5-pound weight, then a 10-pound weight, then a 25-pound. And sooner or later, I'll be able to pick up a 100-pound weight. Well, I think that's true with courage. Author and speaker Levy Ajahi Jones. I think I'm just really trying to encourage people to um, 
to do what feels scary. That's essentially it. Because I really do feel like at the other end of that is what we need to happen. Like, I think from my talk, from just what I do in general and from my life, I just try to live as honest to me as possible mm-hmm. and then to show other people what happens when we do that, like how good it could be. You develop a little courage so that you decide I will not stay in rooms where women are belittled. Mm-hmm. I will not stay in company where races, no matter who they are, are belittled. I, I will not take it. I will not uh, sit around and, and accept um, dehumanizing other human beings. If you decide to do that, you decide it in small ways. And so you say, no, I'm, I'm leaving. But you continue to do it. And finally, you realize you've got so much courage. We can dip our toes into it and just be like, no, I'll do that one small scary thing first um, and then do the bigger thing. But I feel like there are times where you just kind of jump into, where you have to jump into the deep end. But if it, if it helps to kind of wade in the water for a little bit, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, then make it happen. Once we shift our perception of failure and see it as an opportunity for growth and a stepping stone on a path toward rather than away from our goal, we can begin to get more comfortable with risking failure and building our resilience. You see, we may encounter many defeats, but we must not be defeated. It may even be necessary to encounter the defeat so that we can know who we are, so that we can see, oh, I did it, I did have that absolutely, and I rose. I did get knocked down flat in front of the whole world, and I rolled. I, did, I didn't run away. I rolled right where I had been knocked down. And then that's how you get to know yourself. He said, hmm, I can, uh, I can, uh, I can get up. I, I, I have enough of life in me to, uh, to make somebody jealous enough to want to knock me down. I have so much courage in me that I have the country, the incredible gall to stand up. I would wager that every single person here carries wounds. And it's through those wounds that we can blossom. And don't give up that effort to learn from your wounds and your scars, understand that the events and the people that gave you those wounds, it had nothing to do with you. It had nothing to do with you. It was their problem. And probably they had wounds. You know, it's like all we can do is try to take it from here and learn and grow from it. One of the best lessons about fear that I've gleaned from my interviews is that we don't need to, nor can we really make fear go away. Rather, we need to acknowledge our fear, feel the fear, and then decide to move forward anyway, which, as you'll hear, Brittany Packnett Cunningham calls having a, quote, discipline of courage. Courage is the discipline of courage um, that I think some people who have just awakened to the struggle for justice in whatever way they've awakened to it have already become tired in week two or three 
And these are people, they and their peers, did this work for 40, 50, 60 years and literally did not stop until the Lord called them home. So there is a lesson in their life that requires us to mimic this discipline of courage, to practice it every single day, to be more and more brave about exactly how we do it, to push further and further into our responsibility to justice and not get tired after a day or a week or a month or a year of fighting for things that everyone deserves for a lifetime. Stacey Abrams. Some people are born with confidence. Some people are imbued with it based on their circumstance. Uh, But for a lot of us, confidence is born of tragedy and, and disappointment and the real, you know, the realization that we can still do more. And it's born of resilience. Jane Fonda. Somebody else said, God doesn't look for awards and accolades. God looks for wounds and scars because that's when the soul comes into play. Imagine it. You've Mm -hmm. got so much courage that people want to be around you. Mm -hmm. They get a feeling that they will be protected in your company. It seems universal that fear, if faced, will not hold us back from reaching our goals, but instead propel our much-needed gifts, voices, and visions out into the world. When I was putting together this podcast, I was reminded of a quote I actually do not have a recording of. Once when I was preparing to cover a red carpet event, and I knew I was going to be interviewing Gloria Steinem, I said to my daughter, is there anything that you would want me to ask Gloria? Wondering if she would have a, you know, sort of timely pertinent question for her. And my daughter asked me um, what advice Gloria would have for dealing with fear. So when I saw Gloria um, at the red carpet, someone who I've interviewed numerous times before, at the end of um, my questions, I let her know that I had a question that came from my daughter, but I thought was something that universally everybody would benefit from hearing. And I asked her what her advice was for dealing with fear. And Gloria looked me in the eyes and said to me, being brave is not being unafraid, but feeling the fear and doing it anyway. When you feel fear, try using it as a signal that something really important is about to happen. And so for me, the the tackling of fear, the confrontation of fear, fear of shame, fear of disappointment, fear of success, that fear is okay. Thank you for listening, and I hope you will join us again. Shiftmakers was created by Marion Schnall, and season two was developed by Joy Donnell. Story producer and editor A. Kirsten. Research assistant Angela Joshi. Some audio mixing by Timothy Dixon. Special thanks to Emiliano Lamone. For more information about this podcast or our host, Marianne Schnall, please visit marianneschnall.com.